This is Wandering in the Word, where you can listen in as the staff of First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota, has a casual conversation about the scripture readings for the upcoming Sunday worship service. Hello, it's time for some Wandering in the Word once again, this time the texts for Sunday, November 7th, um, which is the day that we are observing All Saints Day. It's All Saints Sunday, and so we'll be talking a lot about um, the communion of saints, the saints who've gone before us, and even lifting up a little bit the, the new saints in the church, those have mm -hmm. just been baptized, and uh, it should be a really powerful Sunday. I think. It really is. It's a, it's a beautiful, sometimes hard, emotional, mm -hmm. but, but beautiful nonetheless. That's kind of part of life. So yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, All Saints Day, which was technically on the first, right? Yes. but um, we don't go to church on Monday, generally <laughs> speaking. And so we bump it uh, to the next week, which will be this weekend. So we have lots of great gospel readings, actually. And some of these, a lot of these will sound familiar um, from funerals that maybe right. some of us have been to. Um, and this is not necessarily intended to be a funeral service, so to speak, but it kind of is for the church as we, like you said, mm -hmm. do this, the dual role. So why don't we dive in for our two readings? Um, let's begin with our gospel reading for this Sunday, the November 7th, which is John. All right. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 11th chapter. We're beginning at verse 32. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, already there's a stench because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Well. Wow. What a, what a scene. <laughs> yes, quite the story. When the, I mean imagine most of us are somewhat familiar with anyways raising of lazarus um yeah i was struck this time when you were reading it about how all the emotion that jesus had twice yeah. um you know he was greatly disturbed and deeply moved in verse 33 and then again in 38 jesus is greatly disturbed mm. and he cries yeah he weeps um which is I think a beautiful testament to Jesus' humanity, right? Mm -hmm. Like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, even then, the holiness of human emotion, mm -hmm. uh, and how it's not something to 
hide or be ashamed of like, this is how we are made. And that is absolutely an appropriate response to the reality of death and loss and, you know, all that is heartbreaking about this scene. Yeah. I think sometimes when I do a funeral or something, I don't know if you all have had this kind of experience, you know, I might not necessarily know the person very well or be grieving for the person who has died because, yeah, I didn't have a connection with them. But oftentimes when I'm around other people experiencing grief, like I, it's easy to get caught up in it yes. and kind of feel for them, mm-hmm. those who are left behind, that their their grief kind of becomes your grief a little yeah. bit, you know. Um, isn't that's that's what the word compassion means it means suffering with when we when we suffer because others are suffering when we feel that mourning ourselves it's it's compassion and that is part of who we are as christians because that's part of who jesus was yeah and jesus seems to do this here even though he seemed to know what he was going to do for last yeah right he still is disturbed and um you know deeply moved and weeps Just because we know that there's going to be a happy ending doesn't mean it's not sad in the moment as yeah. it's happening. Yeah. That's which is kind of, I mean, you know, that's like our, our um, hopeful grieving that we do as Christians, right? We know that we grieve now, but that there is a promise that we hear in our other readings today about, you know, Jesus wiping away the tears and there being a time when crying and pain will be no more. Um, mm-hmm. But in the moment and in the time, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. and it's hard. Um, yeah. Well, what else, anything else in here stick out to anybody? Hmm. I think, um, you know, talking about those, I mean, the emotions in verse 33 are like very kind of extreme versions. And it's, I know it's hard to tr- translate from Greek to English, but in English, we get greatly disturbed and deeply yeah. moved. Like they're, um, those emotions are modified to be greater. And I think in the, the Greek, the word has to do with like, he felt it in his, in his gut, like it's gut wrenching sorrow that Jesus is experiencing here. And I think that's something that we can relate to when we have, you know, a dear friend who has died or a brother who has died that um, not just a little emotion, but like great and deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it uh two places in here, Jesus kind of gets questioned, mm. um, which I, I think was kind of cool. So Mary, you know, when Jesus comes, says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Yeah, is that an accusation? It kind She's of like, Jesus, you were really blue at this time. What? You came, you showed up too late. Well, I feel like if we read earlier, I could be wrong, but I think earlier in the story, like he's on his way to see Lazarus and then gets yeah. sidetracked to yeah, do yeah, something yeah. else. Mm-hmm. And so he is like later i don't know if it would have been four days later but she questions him and then later on um some of the people in the crowd said could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying like you know what god why Mm. like this is this could have been preventable yeah why didn't he put forth that effort and power you know if you're really god if you're really powerful then why did this bad stuff happen um Hmm. I mean, I think that's a pretty common human reaction to all kinds yeah. of suffering that, that we encounter. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, Jesus didn't respond to that question. At least there's not a sermon no. here. I mean, and maybe the action is the response that Jesus was yeah. like, yeah, I, I hear your point. Now watch this. Yeah. yeah. His sermon, I mean, to, his response to Mary's question is to weep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, is to be deeply moved. Mm. Um, 
And then, um, yes, to, to make it a little more on the comical side of things, I always wonder about Lazarus. We were talking a little bit about this in tech study, but there's a, a, a comical story that's very heretical, but it goes on that Lazarus became known as like Stinky Laz or something like that the rest of his days. Um, this is never able to get rid of the, the stench of the death. Stench of death. Um, wow. Which I don't think that's any kind of church tradition or anything. Just a, what would it be like to be Lazarus? Yeah. You know, and, the, and this is what you're known for. This is what yeah. you're known no for. No matter what your whole life was about before or after. I mean, because yeah. obviously he continued to live for a while this at least. Would make you famous, probably. Yeah, yeah like a celebrity. Um, and even in John, I think later on, um, you know, it is mentioned that. Lazarus, the one who was raised from the dead, was present at something He's during the Passion following story. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he would be be known as that. I think he even had like some death threats from the same folks who were wanting to to get rid of Jesus. They wanted to get rid of Lazarus because he was such a kind of testament to Jesus' yeah, power. This made people very uncomfortable. They were like, uh, wow, we got to make this stop. It's too too yeah. weird and understandable. I mean, when you die, you're not supposed right. to come back to walk life. out of the mm-hmm. cave yeah um hmm. in verse 44 i think it was or 43 and 44 when jesus cried out with a loud voice lazarus come out it isn't it doesn't say he came out or lazarus came out it's the, the dead, dead man, man came, came out. out yeah his hands it's really driving home the point yeah. that like this is absurd yeah this guy was dead um and then you know and to I don't, I don't sometimes wonder what does this have to do with like us on a very practical level today? Mm-hmm. You know, um, modern medicine can do all kinds of amazing yeah. things that are pretty close to bringing people back to yeah, life right. and giving life-saving treatments for all kinds of things. Resuscitation after hearts are stopped. Yeah. And yeah, the, yeah. Um, you know, all those kinds of things are amazing. And I think, you know, we should view those as kind of miracles and acts of God, you know, God's healing through others. Um, but there's also that sense of, you know, like, what tomb are we laying in ourselves? Hmm. You know, what is it that kind of kills us in our spirit? And Jesus promised in the last line that we have in this, for this reading, you know, unbind him or her and let, let them go. Um, hmm. How do we need to hear those words today? Um, and that's kind of a callback from last week's gospel lesson where Jesus says that um, the truth will make you free. Yeah. yeah. And that there's something, mm-hmm. <laughs> some deep needs um, among humanity to be set free, to be unbound, to be, to be able to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like you said last week, Jesus is the truth. It's not mm-hmm. this like secret code or this yeah, yeah. thing we have to put together. It's, it's, it's a who that's the truth. Um, and that's again here, Jesus is the one that is doing, calling forth all of us from death and from hopelessness Mm -hmm. to a place of life it does it it kind of just when you said that brought me back to the creation story in chapter one of genesis where god just speaks things into being god just says it and it happens Mm -hmm. and that jesus didn't come and like do anything to lazarus's body he just calls life out of the grave and it happens yeah so that's to me another sort of um connection with the divine that jesus is embodying here and again making people very uncomfortable very uncomfortable yeah jesus i don't know what's going on jesus does the speaking because he tells somebody else to roll away the stone Mm -hmm. then he calls jesus or calls lazarus out but then he tells some other people 
to unbind him and let him go. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of, that's a community kind of aspect yeah. there. Um, right. It's the power of God that makes it possible, but it's the hands and feet of the people gathered yeah. that are actually carrying it. Doing what Jesus yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. So that is kind of a role of the church throughout history. And yeah. I, that, that's kind of beautiful. I think so. And I, I have to point out, this happens a lot in the gospel of John, but Jesus kind of has this little soliloquy monologue where he says, I thank you, Father, for hearing me. And I'm not saying this out loud because you need to hear it. I'm saying it for the sake of everybody gathered here. And it's like, who talks like that? I As I was reading that, I'm like, I don't know. Like, did you really say this? It doesn't age super well in, in a sense. You know, I'm, I'm not saying this for your sake. I'm saying it for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they might believe that, you know, you sent me in. Uh, anyways, <laughs> there's a great tradition in the church. I think people <clears throat> praying more for the sake of the listeners around them than oh, yeah. conversation with God. And uh, maybe that's, it's biblical. It's well found. It is biblical. <laughs> it's like Jesus. kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, um, on those notes, then why don't we go on to the second reading we'll focus on today, which is our Old Testament reading. Melissa, you want to read? Yes. Isaiah 25, verses 6 through 9. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich foods, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with the marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces and the disgrace of his people, and he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. All right, we get to think about feasts yes. and food. <clears throat> feasts and food and wine. Okay, I mean, they do mention well-aged wines twice. I feel like yes. that's a very important part of this picture mm-hmm. is the well-aged wine. So Yes, I love it's a <laughs> cannot ignore that component of this. No. <laughs> um, so what is rich food filled with marrow? Is that like a stew that's really mm. I mean, I don't I I have never eaten marrow to the best of my knowledge. I can't probably say that um like as a guarantee but that's not a thing that we really dine on these days so yeah is that like a delicacy though like it's probably in a lot of cultures just not ours yeah because we are, i always think of like a t-bone steak or something where you kind of got the fat and the yeah. bone and it's yummy and not healthy at all but <laughs> delicious um it is uh, yeah i think it is something maybe that Culturally, we don't yeah. view quite in the same light as maybe. But something something extravagant, like this yeah. feast that um, the, the Lord of hosts will make on the mountain for all people. Like this sounds like kind of top of the line, every the best of everything. Yeah, rich food. Yeah. Yeah. When I like this, there's a lot of all. Mm-hmm. We're all in this, yeah. you know, the, the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. And the feast is for all people. And the wipe away the tears from all faces, from all the earth. Um, yeah, and for all peoples get, get to take part in this feast. That's true. This is a very inclusive. Yeah. All, all, all. 
Yeah, there's lots of all. I mean, so it just like takes this. Oh, it just makes it so big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, this is this is another one that I, I mean, I don't know. I've done quite a few funeral sermons in my life that have had had this text in them. And as I said, it's All Saints is kind of a, a funeral day of sorts as we remember those who have died. Um, but it is interesting to hear it not in the context of like a specific funeral per se. Right. Um, but as for all people, for all peoples. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it is a very, very inclusive, um, word. And what a, what a, a common thing that we all as humans need to do. We got to eat, you know, yeah. what a great thing that we all get the same food mm-hmm. and wine. Of yeah. Course, but. And not just like God is meeting our need with adequate sustenance. Yeah. <laughs> like this is way above and beyond. Yeah. This is a, a blessing in abundance. Um, yeah. And I, I like that, you know, this feast is going to be such, and the, the defeat of death and whatever is going to be so great that, um, everyone's going to be turning to each other and being like, yeah. this is our God. Yeah. You know, this is what we've been waiting for. This is, this is God saving us. And I just think, gosh, there's a lot of, of sort of, I don't know, joy in that fulfillment of a promise that you've been waiting for, for so long. And um, yeah, let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. That's not something we, at, at this stage of the story, we don't even need to wait to do that. Like we can, we can be doing that today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's kind of a a very humanly thing. I mean, oftentimes we think about, you know, after we die, we're playing a harp with angel wings and, you know, floating around or whatever. But like, this is like a very, like if, if we're eating, like we must be enjoying it and it must be like something kind of physical because, you know, we're tasting this good stuff and celebrating that that death is no more. And so it's, uh, I don't know, it gives a different angle, I think on, what happens to us after we die? Like, what is this bodily resurrection that we proclaim? Like, it's, it's, it's like, a, like when you're looking through a, a sheet or something or a shroud, you know, and you're seeing and living life like that. And then when all of a sudden, if it's pulled up after a long time, like you walk out of a dark room into the a beautiful sunrise or something, it's just like, what, this is life. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like maybe, maybe something like that. I don't know. I was thinking about that with Lazarus too. If he was coming out of the cave, he has yeah. cloth wrapped over his face. He's maybe kind of going toward this sort of vague light source, like bumping yeah. into walls or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then that sheet, that shroud oh, that yeah. spread over all nations will be swallowed up. It will be destroyed. Yeah. So yeah. I don't have to look through a shroud. No, you get to kind of experience it fully, whatever that means. Um mm-hmm. Well, I think too, you know, in the, in the time of Isaiah to the first hearers or readers of this prophecy, like this was a promise for the living Mm -hmm. in this life. And so as we kind of look back through our Christian lens, having, having heard and known about the death and resurrection of Jesus, that adds, that adds kind of a different meaning on the top too, but we, we get both. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, lots of lots to kind of contemplate with life and death and hope and salvation and um yeah, any all good things. All good things. Any any closing thoughts on our hopeful readings today? No, looking forward to the sermon. Me too. We'll see <laughs> what transpires. Well, in worship this Sunday we'll
we'll be reading the names of everyone who has died and um, from folks who have submitted their names. And we'll also be reading the names of everyone who's been baptized here. Just in the last season. year. We're not going to read every year. baptized person from them. Be good clarification. Yes. A long time. Since oh, yeah. this time last year, <laughs> we'll be here for a while. A while, yeah. Um, but yeah, we celebrate the saints that have gone before us and the saints that are still serving and witnessing to the gospel today. So um, yeah, we hope you can join us um, for worship this weekend or wherever you may find yourself. Um, you can uh, hear these scriptures and hear God's promise in them. Uh, until we gather again for Wandering in the Word next week, we hope you all have a great week and we'll see you then. Bye everyone.